Hello, welcome to the Darling Mom Podcast. I'm Jill. And I'm Shandy. We invite you on a journey to discover where you are still growing up. The Darling Mom Podcast fields your questions, no matter how personal or practical, and offers the responsive voice of a mother in return. So today, you guys are going to get another mother's voice. Our friend Chris Flynn is on with us today, and you're going to love just her presence here. Excuse me. Um, We met Chris through some work at the Allender Center, some group work that we were all doing. Um, And I just want to tell you a little, one of my little stories of Chris. Um, We were doing just basically some training on how to lead groups and facilitate people. And I was facilitating Chris and did not do a great job with her and um, already knew her and just felt so sad that I didn't... um, I guess, handle her with more care or invitation or anyway, handle her the way that I really wanted to. And so we came out of our small group meeting and I just remember being in in a, like a larger gathering room and looking at Chris and I must've had whatever I was feeling on my face because she just opened her arms and um, gave me just a great big hug. And I feel very um, peer-like with Chris, but that moment made me um, really feel what um, the kind of mother that she is. And um, she has kids that are older um, than Shani and I's kids. And so we have her here to kind of pick her brain about what it is like um, to parent adult children. And so Chris, I do want you to tell us how old your kids are and like where they are in their lives. Sure. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Shandy, for having me. I'm really actually honored to be with you guys. Mm. Um, like you both so much. Mm. <laughs> we, yeah. Um, I, I have three sons. They are 35, 32, and 25. Um, they all live in the area where I live. And um, they have, two of them are married with families and children. And my youngest is engaged. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's so exciting. It is. (laughs) So Chris and I and Jill, we were all in the same training, but Chris and I um, had a delay in a flight when one of the trainings and ended up spending a whole afternoon into the evening, really just getting to know each other. And I was so like fascinated and amazed because she had gone through a very similar situation as my family that I'm not going to name right now, but um, she just had that next step, like she had stepped through it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Chris, for me, a lot of my questions are going to be about teenagers transitioning into adulthood mm-hmm. uh, because that's just right in that's where I'm living. I have two high school kids and one in college. And um, I also know that you're an Enneagram 8. Is that right? Oh, I am. I like to call it a double four, Shandy, but I really am an eight. I've resisted. <laughs> because you're more awesome than a plain old eight. Exactly. <laughs> you are. You're doubles. <laughs> you rolled those dice and it came up double four. <laughs> so just hard. You know, it's hard to admit you're an eight. So, mm. yeah. I'm learning to embrace it. (laughs) 
Absolutely. So I'm going to already just start taking you back a little bit. If you could share some of the wisdom from the previous stage, which would be like junior high, high school into college. And I would love to just hear, because Jill and I are both eights as well, is how did you begin to let go as an Enneagram eight, which are kind of known for being a tad controlling <laughs> being mm-hmm. a little strong oh come on um, yeah. like what 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 can you tell us about how we could maybe do that better well i can tell you this um when i was in it doing it uh-huh. i was floundering mm-hmm. um i it's did not fun. i didn't realize how that i was floundering though because mm-hmm. i'm an eight mm-hmm. um and I think, you know, looking back, of course, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you could, you would always do things differently. But I, I think I, I think I was just a fish out of water. And I, but as an eight, and, and I think all parenting, I mean, whether you're an eight or whatever your number is in the Enneagram, you do the very best that you know. <laughs> yeah. And oftentimes I found myself parenting out of my wounds and out of my own harm um mm-hmm. they came through my parents um whether intended or not so as an aide I, I was very controlling and it was so difficult to release I, I i would say i did not do it well um my yeah. kids have been incredibly gracious though with me um <laughs> As I'm growing, you know, mm-hmm. to they're very generous with the ways that I failed them mm-hmm. in loving me back, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just that makes me think, though. <clears throat> like, and I hear you. Like, I can, I can list. Like, well. Yeah, so I could I could give you a big list right now of of ways that I'm aware right this moment in parenting that I am not letting go correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but like it also makes me think like there must have been something that you really like um like sewed into them in a way for them to be able to be gracious because i don't know that 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 um that kindness of heart would be very alive in them and and well alive and be able to be offered back to you if you hadn't put certain things into them as their mom Sure. Um, well, I would love to take credit for that, but I'm not sure if that's true. I do think this, though. Um, I will. I will say this. I have. I have been more open and willing after after the fact mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, this is where I failed, and I see it now, and I wish I could do it different." And how? If you need to talk to me. If you need to share some things with me, I am so open to hearing them. Mm-hmm. And that has been a hard, that, that actually has been harder for me to go backwards and do it. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, you know, I, I wish I would have done that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't. But I did it now, and I've done it now, and I'm continuing to do it. And we're still, I mean, my oldest is 35, and we are still trying to find creative ways to step into those conversations. So. I, but that is like, I mean, that is repair. Like you are offering them repair. And like, I know that I've, like, I've said, I think I've said this out loud. Like, I really can't imagine, um, uh, 
I'm trying to say how, how to say that Dudley, but that posture um, in, in like with my parents, like I, I can't imagine that posture coming towards me. And so like that gift is, um, yeah, you may not, you may not ever understand exactly what a gift that is. And they actually might not either because they're being offered it. I think when you haven't been offered it is when you maybe um, see what, how needed it is, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, I think too, you know, again, I say we really do parent so much of the way we parent is out of our own wounding. And so recognizing that and trying to move towards healing, there's been so much work at the Allender Center that has been just so so good for me and so difficult at the same time Mm. but it also is allowing me to I want it and desire it for for my own children Mm. for and for their children um as they begin to parent and I watch them yeah um and I want to say oh you know don't worry about that (laughs) but I you know but but it's their it's their time yeah yeah Yep, totally. Um, and I'm, I'm going to shift up just a tiny, but like, ha- has there been something um, like surprising to you about having adult kids, about that shift, like something that you would not have known, um, you know, when you're like at our stage or the young, even the younger stage of life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think um, one, there's been a f- several things actually that have really actually surprised me. One was that I would actually be okay um, that they moved on. Mm. That That's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I found actually enjoyment in it mm. and freedom in my own life. Mm. Um, I have enjoyed that. But I think something that has maybe surprised me the most is that um i am no longer and their dad we're no longer the um the most you know the most influential people Mm. in their lives yeah and and so that has um been an interesting dance Mm. to find our way back in to to have influence now that we recognize <laughs> we would have done a lot of things differently. So how do I build that bridge mm. again? Mm. Yeah, that's that's well said. Um, so just off of that, like, what has that looked like for you? Like, what does it look like to build a bridge that's maybe different than the one that you had when they were, you know, in your home and you could exert the eight control or whatever, you know, you actually had some, uh, some a measure of control over them. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks a lot more like relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks a lot more like how I interact with friendships and mm-hmm. how I interact with people who are important in my life Mm. it's an interesting and strange thing because I think you know oftentimes you'll see oh parents who want to be best friends with their children while they're in high school and they think that's going to carry on forever and ever and I was never really one of those parents though I loved my children Mm -hmm. and I wanted to have influence and good relationship and I I actually really enjoy hanging out with them now and their friends But I also realized that, you know, that's, that's part of the, the 
the shift is that I, I need to remember that I, I am not their judge and I'm not their, mm. I'm not, I, they're, if I treat them more like a friend, I, like I would a friend, I'll, mar- I'll measure my words mm. differently, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so good, like to take into right now, not to treat my teenagers necessarily as just just friends because there's still some authority that has to happen mm-hmm. but measuring words like what would I say to Jill's children that are teenagers mm-hmm. versus as their mom uh, a lot of the things that I say are my fears about my own parenting yeah. manifesting in my own kids lives right. and so it throws me into that control and you know judge yeah it's really good yeah that's a really good i love that like what would i say to jill's kids yeah mm-hmm. yeah because i wouldn't be nearly as harsh mm-hmm. or direct you know i would be mm-hmm. much more like i'm on your side and mm-hmm. what do you need to get through this and those kinds of things yeah. so that's that's brilliant chris yeah that is really good um yeah because i often yeah I think that's such a good distinction, Shandy, what you said too, that the the things that we say that we would not say to another person's children are usually the things that we are, um, they, they are, ma- they're manifestations of our worries and our fears about our own parenting. Um, Correct. Yeah, that feels very, very true. And so that's, yeah, Chris, that's good. Hmm. So Chris, I have a question that I I feel like I'm already holding it a little bit with my son who's about to be 21. Um, is how have you been able to kind of let yourself off the hook or forgive yourself for the gaps that your kids are actually, you know, it sounds like engaging with you. Like, how do you bring kindness toward actual gaps? in parenting well i think i think one of the um, things that is really incredibly helpful is just just that like being able to step closer to the places where i failed and like bringing that love is that my my intentions may have been really good towards them like really good towards them however like we had talked about, we've talked about several times at the Elder Center, the impact mm-hmm. was completely different. Yeah. And so when I look at it that through that lens, it allows me to, um, to actually like, even, even just t- the words, like stepping into the words that I would use to, um, share with, and I've done this on several occasions, trust me, mm-hmm. especially in the last few years, um, with, each one of my sons in different circumstances of, you know, I, I care for you so deeply. And yet I have, I see in this circumstance and this situation that I deeply failed. I deeply failed. And I would do it different Mm -hmm. if I could now, there is something about that, that doesn't throw for some weird and strange reason that does not throw me into self contempt Mm -hmm. It actually throws me into um, allowing grace for myself mm. and yet still taking responsibility. 
Yeah. And I think it comes in the conversation. If I don't have the conversation with them, but I know that I have failed, I go quickly to self-contempt. Mm. Huh. So there's some there's something um, that feels like honoring to both of you about owning it and mm-hmm. and expressing that your intention was love, e- even though it didn't have that impact. Right. Not excusing it. Yeah, I mean, sure. Hear me, hear me right, because I mean, I probably we all have. I've heard my whole life, um, you know, in my own growing up. Um, well, you know, we had great intentions. And then it stops there. So, you know, not stopping there. Right, right, right. right. But somehow a a way to marry the two that doesn't Mm -hmm. like, um, like fillet you and, and, and name you something that you're not. It actually says this, you know, who I am is someone who loves you and I failed you. Yes, yes. And also is giving your kids their autonomy to say, Mom may have really felt loving feelings about this action, but it felt terrible. Correct. And they get to name that as well, while not condemning your intentions. That feels, um, that's so wonderful to, like, both of you having autonomy, owning, and also still keeping, like, your hearts are good toward Mm. one another. Yeah. And I, I just want to add into that because that just sounds so beautiful, doesn't it? But here's the reality. Mm. <laughs> they're still they're still young. Mm. Um, and they don't always step towards it mm-hmm. with um, you know, generosity. There are they have pain yeah. over things that have happened and and they see it, you know, we, we are both seeing the story from different angles. Yeah. And so allowing that sometimes, I think that has been one of the most difficult things mm. is allowing them the room to mm-hmm. be angry or continue to move because they have to do their own work. And I can't ask them to do it at my pace. Yeah, yeah. I can. I, I <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always go well, but I do ask them. <laughs> but that's such a, isn't that honestly, like for all of our relationships, like that's a really hard place to live, but, mm-hmm. but it, but it's also a really necessary place to live because we are not going to always be parallel with people that we love in our, in our journeys. And so like, yeah, like it is, um, it takes strength and kindness to let them be where they are and move in and out of, you know, either feeling their pain or feeling their, um, or feeling like they're able to repair. I mean, that's a lot to hold as a mom, honestly. It's a lot of grief and we don't like to hold grief. I would just prefer go right to repair that'd be great (laughs) but but sometimes you have to sit in the grief and sometimes you sit there for and frankly I have one son that you know we're still moving in and out of that and that's hard yeah yeah you bet um and it it is hard and yet like just to hear you say that you're willing to do that with him is like really beautiful too I mean it really is um 
So like if you look back, do you are there specific battles that you would would choose now? Like I shouldn't have fought that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yes, for, definitely. <laughs> Okay, well, so give us some so give, give us some highlights then. Give <laughs> us some highlights. <laughs> I think I think if I were to generalize and not give you a ton of examples because there are so many, I think anything that I fought, any battle I fought that was more about my reputation as a parent mm. was so. It was so damning in the end. Mm. And it was so not for them. It was so much more about me. Yeah. And man, like sometimes (laughs) those things are hard to recognize that that's what you're doing. They're incredibly hard to recognize because we live in a system that really applauds um, that sort of behavior. Mm. We call it good parenting and or or we look at children who, you know, don't step outside of the lines that their parents have laid for them, and somehow um, everybody aims for that. Mm. Yeah, and and we and, right and we and we give accolades, and and it's really hard not to, you know, get kind of sucked up into that that same thinking. But what we do is we're just, it's just so damaging. I, I mean, looking back, even at my own sons, I think, oh, Chris, what? Why didn't I see that? And of course, you know, we all, we all, yeah. <laughs> we all make mistakes. We all do yeah. things that we wish we wouldn't have. But yeah. those are the ones for sure. And, I, and especially, I hate to do this, um, but I, I tie those to the church. I mean, I think oh, yeah. inside of the church, you know. That's where a lot of that thinking really got affirmed in me as yep. a parent. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I I do feel like many church systems are set up to um oh, yeah, to make you feel like you have to do it their way that the way um if you want to be successful and if your child does not um respond well to that then there then it's about your parenting it's not you know possibly about the uniqueness of the child or whatever um and it's funny my husband and I were actually talking yesterday about um just like even our early marriage years and and like before we were getting married like like wow how much we let the church um like uh encourage us to live in denial of truth of all kinds of truth and Mm -hmm. it's and it's almost like i feel like you're saying sort of the same thing in a different way and probably about different things but like um yeah it's like this this pretense of um how life should be and you lock on to that um and i think we do that in in all sorts of ways and especially Mm -hmm. with our kids or kings oh for sure definitely definitely they 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 help us name our children in ways we are never meant to name them. Mm, yeah, yeah, and I I really honestly too feel like um, and again we're not here bashing churches or school mm-hmm. sy- systems which I'm about to talk to about 
Um, <laughs> but it's just the reality. I mean, like all, all systems are broken in some way, shape or form. That does not mean there's nothing good there. It just means that there's brokenness also. Um, but I, I also feel like the school systems are really that way. Like the amount of pressure that my kids have gotten about, um, you know, like if you don't get this grade, that grade, you won't go to a good college. Like, like yeah. just all these, like just yeah. heavy messages are drilled into them daily. And like the yeah. anxiety that causes is at least for my kids, that's a lot of anxiety about that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I agree entirely with that. Um, our youngest son went to a private school, um, and the pressure in that school to perform was, oh, it was off the charts. Mm. And and he had some some learning disabilities that were beginning to show up, but they're you know oftentimes when it comes in that at that age, they they hide them so well. Yeah, uh, they learn to you know <laughs> to to cover them. And, and it was, it was devastating for him. And I would say at 25, he's still, you know, still, mm-hmm. um, you can see the wounds mm-hmm. that are still so present in how he has named himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Cause we tend to partner with the names that are being spoken over us. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Okay, so this is... Okay, go ahead, Jen. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jen. Okay, I have one that I'm really just wrestling with right now. And um, I have not heard a lot of Christian parents talking about um, letting their kids fail. (laughs) Um, And and I don't even entirely know how to ask you the question. But maybe just in looking back, are there places that you could tell Jill and I, like, go ahead and let the bumpers, you know, off um, of the bowling lane in, in these things. Um, and I'm, I'm really not getting words around my deepest. Yeah. Problems, but like, how do I move out of the way mm. and let them fail in ways that will be helpful? And then just here behind that, I'm really scared that if I let mm. them fail, that it might break relationship or um, mm. the certainty of my old style of parenting. I'm in a wrestling place mm. with the letting go and, and letting them have their own experience. And then when I'm afraid, I really want to control. Mm. So can you just mm-hmm. maybe speak to that? Boy, yes, <laughs> I, I can. Um, I, I would just say this. I mean, it's just funny that, the image that you gave of, you know, when can I take the bumpers off? Mm. Um, I would just say you're going to need to put them around you because that is one of the most difficult things is to let our kids fail. Um, And I think I I want to speak to one piece of it Um, for me, especially in those teen late teenage years, um, the, the letting my son's, make choices that I did not agree with. Um, I, I was, as a, as a double four, <laughs> eight, I did not, I did not do well there. And so I will tell you this, I can't speak to maybe in that moment, like what it would have been like, because I was really good at being the hero. Mm. Um, and, and it was, again, uh, I think a lot out of my own 
right? Yeah. We parent out of our wounds. And, and I think when I could come through for them, and I, as an eight, eights are resilient to come through for mm. people mm-hmm. um, and fight for them. And I did that in, in many ways that it was good. But it, there were some that I should have let them fail. Unfortunately, because I didn't do that, I did not do that in those earlier years. I've had to do it in their young adult years. Mm. And that's been almost harder to mm. watch. Um, mm. And I sort of fought my husband on it a bit. I mean, I'm really giving you too much of a window into my story. But um, <laughs> in those te- late teenage years, I mean, his he actually was always one that would let them, you know, allow them to fail. Um, and then I would try to sweep in, you know, you can picture it, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but he would let them fail because he would always say, listen, this is, this is where it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Because if it does, if we don't let it happen here, it will happen later on. Yeah. Right. And it will be bigger, bigger failures and things that maybe, you know, changes the course of their life Mm. so so I think I started to do that I think by the our youngest son as you see there's a pretty big gap between the three of them um our youngest son who's 25 I was so much better Mm. at letting him step into his own choices and failures um with with a, a lot of protection but at the same time allowing him into things that I never would have done with my older two sons. And I, it was so much out of fear. Mm. So I, I don't don't know if that's a good answer for you, Shandy. That's that's a great answer. And then, so if I'm going to be putting bumpers around myself as Mm -hmm. I'm allowing, what, what are some of those things that soften that for me as a mom? I think really what you're already doing, and that is stepping into your own story Mm -hmm. for why, like really sort of diving into what, what is the fear? Mm -hmm. What what is, you know, what, what happened that makes you want so much of a different outcome for them? Mm -hmm. That's good. Because, you know, don't you think, I mean, and I think we've all stepped into it, right? Yeah. The healthier we are, the healthier they are. Yeah. It just... Yeah. I just wish it looked more um, successful. (laughs) Honestly. Sure. I'm sure. I told my counselor this week, I'm like, I want counseling to be like leveling up on a video game. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm on year, you know, 10 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I should be at level 10. But indeed, one of my kids does something that triggers me and I'm back to level one and I have none of the things that are, or it doesn't feel like I have the tools to -hmm. get me through that. Um, And so just like you kind of said about my picture being a little rosy, I also want to just say that I found for myself that even though I'm stepping into healing and doing my very best at times it feels like more unraveling mm-hmm. than if I had a strategy, right? Mm. I used to have a strategy and it kept it all compact and packed down. 
Mm. And now I feel like I opened a huge overstuffed suitcase and there is shit everywhere. Oh, I'm not supposed to There is <laughs> no <stuff> worries. Is <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so true. But yeah. I, think, I, I would just say to you, I, I think, you know, a big piece of, you know, what it's going to look like to let our kids fail in those years and with grace um, is going to be anything you can do that is still building up relationship with them or mm-hmm. offering more relationship because that's where you have influence. We're, mm-hmm. we're already coming into those late teen years. You're already losing influence. If you've not lost most of it yeah. already, you, I mean, I'm not saying that we don't have influence because we do, but I, what I'm saying is on the surface level, they're not hearing yeah. Yeah. a lot of what we say in those years. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's That's been lost, and, and we've got to, so anything we can do, the bumpers might be, what am I doing to build, um, that's a still building relationship with this person, this child, this adult child type person. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's... That's... <laughs> uh, no, that's so good, and, like, it really does, um, like, just the, the thought that, like, even now like no matter what stage we are at if we are continuing to grow our impact on them changes if we're continuing to heal then more healing is possible for them and i really mm-hmm. do believe that lasts like lifelong and i agree yeah and so that i mean that's a very hopeful um hopeful thing you know because th- there are a lot of um skills that we can learn but like we keep saying like I feel like every one of us has said in some way shape or form is that like there is no a plus b equals c like we are walking this thing out and sometimes we are doing it very poorly not because we aren't good humans but because we have hurts that we don't know how to get through yet and so yeah it just seems like if we can just trust that our healing will translate into their wholeness and healing I think it's a really hopeful thought mm-hmm. yeah I agree I think I think uh, I just want to say like doesn't it Sandy doesn't it remind you of when we talk about the ability to live in when we're talking about the resurrection and the crucifixion mm-hmm. our ability to live in Saturday shows up when we're parenting young adult people yeah. so much Mm-hmm. I just want to raise them up. I, I need, you know, so often I think my requirement to feel well with my parenting is that mm-hmm. I push them into Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, yeah. let's get you out of the tomb. <laughs> get right? you. Yeah. Like we need resolution and resurrection. And yeah. really, it, and honestly, for most parents, I, you know, you hear the difficulty of raising teenagers and you're in the thick of Friday, Saturday time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are. Because they are dying to ways that they used to be. Yeah. They're they're assembling a personhood and it is a mess. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the biggest fan of, yeah. you know, the upheaval. Yeah. Even though it's going to hopefully come into Sunday. 
Um, but that's a good invitation mm-hmm. for yeah. me. Yeah. So that's yeah. well, well said. Yeah. And I like something that's been really running through my head recently about, about that whole analogy, the, you know, the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday analogy is that we do live in Saturday, but there is something different for us than like the disciples or or whoever else lived in that time. Like we actually are aware that Sunday will happen. And, and something about, to me, that really speaks to me, like that help is always on the way. Um, so no matter, like, like Saturday feels dark and it feels pretty hopeless and it feels like all I can see is the ways that I've failed my kids. But like, if I truly believe that Sunday is coming, maybe I won't have to push them to Sunday because I know that help is coming for them, for me, like it's just a truth. And so like that one helps me when I feel like, uh, like Saturday's feeling overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It helps me yeah, stay in Saturday, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It helps me stay mm-hmm. there, not pop out, but like be able to exist there and, and still know that there is hope. Because there's goodness in Saturday. <laughs> yeah. There is goodness in Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There is. Well, girls, we are um, we are running out of time here. Chris, thank you so much for talking with us. I hope you'll come on again. And it was just really good to hear like your heart and your humility and your love for your kids. And so thank you for sharing that with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Loved it. Okay. See you guys later. <laughs>